Welcome to Tucum Carey First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 in your notes. I put it there. I, t- I didn't get it from your notes. I got it from the Bible. <laughs> uh, said that kind of weird. Just want to make sure everybody's clear. Uh, Mark eleven twenty four. 24, it says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. It will be yours. How many of you are grateful that we can go to a God that's not only willing, but he's able to meet those things, needs in our lives? Amen. So in prayer, you believe it. And in prayer, you receive it. Right. And then out of prayer, it will be yours. So I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you continuing on the theme that we've began the beginning of this year. I told you a couple weeks ago, here's, here's, just a, a reset of my heart. Here's, here's where I'm at right now. Sometimes in pastoral ministry, you can get way ahead of the game. You get way ahead of yourself. And I, I have sermon series that I have written out. I have things. I have message titles. I have all these things, notes put together that I want to preach. But I feel like what God wants me to do right now is just listen very closely and only say what he's saying. You with me? And two weeks ago, the beginning of this year, God's given us, he's given us a, a directive of let's, let's sit and let's bask in for a moment, for a time, of this idea of prayer leading the way. Right? Leading the way. Can I tell you, there are remarkable things that have already begun to change around here. Incredible things. Momentum, like I haven't felt in a while, okay? Because I believe of an, out of an attitude of prayer that God is answering those things. He's leading us. And so today I want to talk to you about when you pray, right? When you pray, Lord, raise the level of our faith, raise the level of our expectation, amen, to believe for more. God, I pray that we would be people who can believe for more, to press in for more, to raise that level of faith in us as we continue out in this theme of prayer. You're speaking to us. We speak to you. God, you deliver that word to us, and we act upon it. And because of that, the empowerment that happens in our life is transformational, not only to us, for, but for everyone around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Catherine Kuhlman said this. She said, I believe in miracles because I believe in God. You cannot separate You can't separate God from the miraculous, and you can't separate the miraculous from God. Those two things go together, and you cannot separate prayer from miracles, right? And and, and I would say this, a lot of people might be sitting here thinking, but but I don't need a miracle. (laughs) The salvation of your soul is the biggest miracle that will ever take place, right? And you're living in that salvation, if you've chosen to follow Jesus because of his gift to you of of coming and being willing to live a sinless life, go to the cross on your behalf, paying the penalty for for the sin in which we have all committed, right? And paying for that by by going to the cross, then being resurrected three days later, and it being alive now, right, as as a testimony of the faithfulness of God. That God wants to bring us for out of the dead things in which we live, out of the, the sin that keeps us bound into a new life, brand new life, 
in him. It's incredible. And so a few things in your notes. I, I put some stuff in your notes this morning. I want you to write down. Um, miracles are released not to those who need them, but to those who have faith for them. Let me, let, let me get this out there because most people are walking around not thinking that they need a miracle. We need miracles every day in our life, right? Now, here, here's, my, here's my encouragement, okay? Live in such a way that you're not relying upon God to do the miraculous to save yourself from things that God gave you the ability and wisdom to walk through naturally, right? Like, don't drive on the interstate with four inches of ice, at 80 miles an hour, and pray, God, keep me safe! Right? That's just stupid. Right? You're dumb. Smile at me. I just called you dumb. If you're doing that, hello. Right? Don't answer the clue phone, but it's ringing. You're driving. Don't do that. So miracles are released to, 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 to who? Not to those who need them, to me right now, that's, that's like, that doesn't sound right. Listen, God responds to faith, and the proof of that is prayer. Okay? The proof of that is prayer. Understand this. God does not respond to need. If God responded to need, you would see a whole lot more of God's response right now upon the earth. Right? Do you think there's need? There's need all around us. God responds to faith. Not need. Faith, right? And if we're asking for, for big things from God, God, God responds to people of prayer. Okay? People of prayer are people of faith. If, if you didn't have faith and you were just praying, you would look crazy. Right? In fact, you would be a little crazy. Uh, how many of you know people that talk to themselves? You should have raised your hand because we all talk to ourselves. Right? Sometimes I'm the best company I got, y'all. Right? But often I don't learn a lot from myself. Um, if, if, we're, if we're going to ask God for big things, then we need to make room for him in our day to spend time in prayer with him. If we're going to ask him for big things, we, we need to make room for prayer. we got to make room for prayer. So everyone in this room, everyone on the planet, we all have 24 hours a day, right? All of us have the same amount of time. I'm asking you this morning to give God five minutes. Some of you need to give him 10, right? Some of you could give 30. Some of you could give an hour in prayer. Come on, everybody. But I'm asking you to give God some time in your life, dedicated prayer time, and if you're going to ask for miracles, ask for big ones, right? Don't, I, I said this last week, if you're, if you're praying, if, we, you're in, if, we're, if we're following a big God, don't pray puny prayers, right? So we all have 24 hours. Some of you sleep for four, right? Others of you sleep for eight. Some of you sleep for 12. We hate you. I'm just kidding. But I'm asking you to... To, to, to have some margin in your life for prayer. A lot of people say, well, I'm just not good at prayer, right? 
And, and, and you would say something like, I don't like praying because I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. Listen, God is not impressed with eloquence. Okay? God does not, it's, he's, you can't impress God with eloquence. God doesn't care if you use King James language and if prayer flows off your lips like poetry. Okay? God, God doesn't care. God, God is, is not moved by eloquence. He's moved by faith. God's moved by faith, okay? He's, he's not moved by a lot of words. He's moved by the right words. Are you with me? Okay? God is moved by how much, not how much you can say. God is, God is moved um, by, by you being good at pouring out your heart to him. For him actually to hear you. Moms and dads, you know this to be true. You love conversations that are open and honest and just kind of raw from your children. Right? Especially, we're, I mean, we hear... We're, we're almost, we're, we're about to have three teenagers in the house, okay? I have two right now, about to have three pretty soon, and wow, there's a lot of conversations that need to be had. Are you with me? We're having a lot of them, a lot of them, and, I, and I've been around teenagers for a long time, been in youth ministry for over 20 years, done, done a lot of, but listen, the conversations, it, it is amazing to me, moms and dads. I'm learning from you, I'm learning from those kids, okay? But the best conversations we have are the, the ones that we don't have to, to kind of pull it out of them, right? But that we've developed a relationship to where they just want to share. Are you with me? That's what God desires in a relationship with us. That's what prayer should look like. We're, we're just pouring out our heart to God. He's pouring out his heart to us, and we're receiving what we need by faith in him. Amen? So anyone can be good at prayer because anyone can be good at pouring out their heart to God. You can be good at prayer if you'll learn just to be honest with him. By the way, he knows it all anyhow. Right? Sometimes I think we sneak up on God like we're going to, okay, God, I'm going to share a little now, then I'm going to keep some, so I'll share a little more later. I don't want to burden you too much. He knows it all up front. Would you agree? In Matthew chapter 6, they asked Jesus, the disciples asked him, they said, they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Would you, would you teach us to pray? Now, they didn't ask him to teach them to cast out demons. They didn't ask him how to heal the sick. They didn't ask him how to teach him how to preach. They didn't ask him how to, how to, how to lead a, a funeral service. They asked him what? They, they, they didn't say, Lord, teach us to prophesy. They, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us how to pray because something very strange happens when we wake up and you're up on the mountain, you're talking to somebody, and when you come off the mountain, you do amazing things. So we think it has some correlation as to who you're talking to when you go up on that mountain. What's going on there? Right? What is... What is taking place? So I have this, they have this idea that it's connected to whoever Jesus is talking to, the disciples do. Something's got to be connected. Hear, hear, hear me today. They didn't need to know how to do all those other things. They didn't need to know. They didn't need to know how to, how, how to do a prayer service. They just need to know how to pray. Because all those other things, listen close, preaching, teaching, serving, outreach, whatever it is, they, all of that is an offshoot of knowing how and, being, and spending time in prayer. 
So Jesus teaches them how to pray. He teaches them how to pray. And, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled that he did. I'm, I'm telling you, really great things will happen to you like they did with the, the disciples when you, when you just dedicate your life to being a life of prayer. Where you're going to spend time in prayer. Really incredible things, you guys. Really awesome things. And, and we believe that God answers prayer. Would you agree? We believe God answers. He said, call unto me and I will answer you. Call unto me, I will answer you. What is prayer? In your notes, write this down. What is prayer? Prayer is when God hears my voice and I hear God's voice. That's prayer. Prayer is the difference between the best that I can do and the best that God can do. There's a big difference between those two. Are you t- Man, I get tired of doing the best that I can do. And it's still not being enough. Right? Some of you, you know, you go around thinking, I'm enough. I'm enough. People, people will tell you, you're enough. I don't know what world that, that's true in, but it ain't this one. Right? If you're enough, you wouldn't need for anybody else or anything else. We need him. We need connection with him. We need ongoing wisdom from God. God would have never written his word to us and given us instruction and, 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 and examples on how to live, how examples not to live, come on, the history and all the things that are in there if we were enough to ourselves. We're not enough. He's enough. And so we need him. Amen? So when, when, when we pray, God hears my voice, I hear his voice, and it's the difference between what I can do and what he can do. And listen, listen this, is, this is huge. No one's prayer for you is as important as your own prayer for you. I cannot replace your prayer life as your pastor. I can pray for you, but I can't replace your prayer life. And here's why. Write this down. Because your mountain knows your voice. Your mountain knows your voice. It doesn't know the voice of somebody else. Your mountain, so your mountain is voice activated, by the way. And it needs your voice because it knows your struggle. Your mountain is unique to you. Your, your, the thing that you battle, the thing that you go up against. So I can pray for you. I can pray with you. But at the end of the day, only your mountain knows your voice. <coughs> Excuse me. So Jesus said in Mark 11, talk to the mountain. Talk to your mountain. And your mountain will obey your voice. He said, call out. Call out that thing. Right? Say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done unto you. Right? Those thing, that thing that, you're, that you're, you're running up against, that, that battle in your life that continually happens. Right? Man, I fall into the trap of this sin or that one or this temptation or this one over here. What do I do? You call out with your voice talking to God and speak to that thing. Right? So, a few things in, on prayer. Number one, this, this sounds repetitive, and it is on purpose. Number one, pray in Jesus' name. 
pray in the name of Jesus, okay? John 14, 13, you can ask for anything in my name and I will what? Come on, I will what? I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. John 16, 23, at that time you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. So when we pray, we pray to the Father, right? We, we don't get legalistic about this. Don't pray to Jesus. Don't pray to the Holy Spirit. No, no. They're three in one. But, but I, I want some context I want you, you to understand here. See, um, and to this point, the disciples, they didn't need to talk to the Father. They had Jesus. Are you with me? Now, Jesus, when Jesus would go away from them and spend time in prayer, right, he's not talking to himself. Who's he talking to? Sign of the Father. So he tells them here in John 16, at that time, you don't need to ask me for anything. I tell you, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my my name, I told you the story that I, I had a friend that, that was the son of the university president at Eastern New Mexico University of Portales when I was a kid. And uh, I remember we were, we were, I think we were 12 or 13 years old. It was during my skateboard days. Come on, everybody. Can you imagine me as a skater, dude? Had a headband, socks pulled up to here. Come on. That was the days, right? Sounds like dodgeball, kids. Not the movie dodgeball. Similar. Uh, let's be honest. And uh, we went to his office one day because, because uh, my buddy, he said, Dad's got awesome snacks in his office, and we were starving. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sidewalks in eastern New Mexico and uh, not near, near as many as other places, but it, it comparative, you hear, you hear what I'm saying. And so we, were, we, we went to his office, and we walked in, and he got a new secretary, and we walked right past the secretary and went into his office. And this lady gets up, and she runs in there, and she says, I don't, I don't know who you guys are, but you can't be in here. And he just looked up at her and said, yeah, we can. And I'm just standing there, I'm like, we fixing to get thrown out. And the old secretary happened to walk in the office and said, hey, and called out her name and, he, and, and said, hey, that's, that's the president's son. Oh. How many of that changed everything? Why? Because of his name, he was given access to places he wouldn't have normally been given access. Now, I wasn't his son, but I was with the son. Listen to me. When you're with the Son, you have access to the Father that you would not normally have access to. Jesus said, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. Go to my Father and ask in my name. Ask in my name. See, at this point, the disciples, they didn't need to talk. They had Jesus right there with them. But now Jesus was about to ascend into heaven. So he said, this is how you pray, right? He broke it down for him. You pray in my name to the Father, and suddenly you get access to, what, to who you need access. Come on, everybody. Using my name, you will receive, and you will have abundant joy, it says. So here's what, here's what praying in Jesus' name does. It gives you power of authority. It gives you power of attorney. 
The power of attorney. I, I see, I, I, I can give someone the power of attorney and they can do, they can go to a meeting on my behalf. They can even sign in my place. Come on, everybody. They can sign legal documents in my, if they have power of attorney in my, in my dealings. And so, so the power of attorney is literally the authority to act for another person in specified or legal or financial matters. And it's all written up depending on what it states. But when you pray in Jesus' name, are you with me? You're, you, you're, you are using the power of attorney. It's like Jesus is saying it. It's like Jesus is saying, it's like he's saying. So when you pray in Jesus' name, listen, the devil doesn't hear your voice, he hears Jesus' voice. When you pray in Jesus' name, when you're, we aren't praying in our name, we're praying in his name. When we're praying in his name, we're declaring our dependence upon God because Jesus was ultimately dependent upon God. He said, you only see me do what my Father is doing. He was following in the footsteps of the Father. So when Gail, when Gail took my name, she got access to everything I had, y'all. And it wasn't much, right? Every password, every bank account, whatever is mine is hers. And whatever hers is still hers. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We, we, let's be, right? Listen, when you, when you became a Christian, when you took upon the name of Jesus, come on, everybody, whatever is his is ours. And whatever is ours is his. We've had a name change. Are you with me? Come on. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. By this, by this is love perfected with us. So this is love perfected in us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because he is also, or he is so also, wow, he, as he is, so also are we in this world. So, so as Jesus is currently, so are we in this world. You believe what the Bible says? Okay, right now, is Jesus sick? Is he sick? No. What the verse say? As he is, so also are we in this world, right? Where is Jesus right now? The Bible said he is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us or praying for us. Is Jesus sick right now? No, then we don't have to, we don't have to walk in sickness. Is Jesus poor? Then you don't have to live in poverty. And I don't, This isn't a name it, claim it kind of thing. This isn't a, God, I wish tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and be a red Corvette in the driveway. No, 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 no. We have access to what the Father had. Come on, everyone. Is Jesus stressed out? Then you don't have to live like that. You don't have to walk in that. He's, he's at the right hand of the Father, and, and it's, the Bible says that the enemy is at his feet. And the Bible says this is how he is not as not as he was currently he's not the lonely the lowly Jesus in a manger he's not the bleeding Jesus on a cross 
He's not the beaten, bloody Jesus on the road to Golgotha. What, 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 where is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Where is he right? He is conquered. He's, a, he's the king. He's seated on the throne in heaven at the right hand of the Father praying for us. And as he is, so shall we be, right? So we can be, we are in this world. So we're not even waiting on, well, some people say, oh, that, that means that we're, when we get there, everything. No, no, no. As, <laughs> let me read it again. He, as he is, so also are we in where? This world. So many people are waiting to get to that world, to, to get to heaven, before they feel like life can be awesome. No, 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 no. Live it out now. Claim what God has for you now, right? Walk in that now. Claim healing today. Come on, everybody. By faith, we receive. By faith, we believe. By faith, we live, right? So when you're sick, this would be an appropriate prayer. Jesus, thank you that you're not sick and that I can claim healing, right? Because of your healing, I can be healed. Jesus, thank you that your bank account isn't in the negative. You're prospering, therefore I can prosper. You're here healed, therefore I can be healed. You have closeness with the Father, now therefore I, I can have closeness with the Father. I can be in touch with Him. And once you understand this, listen to me, you will never pray the same way again. You'll never pray the same way again. You'll never pray with the condemnation again, right? You'll never condemn yourself. God, I'm just so horrible. Because that's not who he is. As he is, we can live, we can be in this world, right? When you pray, you don't, you don't have to, <laughs> you, you don't, here's, here's another thing. You don't have to talk about what you did this week. He knows, right? He was there with you. You're like, he was there? Yeah, he was there. He was all there. Right? Some people are like, you know, you know, Jesus, before I get very, very far in this prayer time, I want to get this off my chest. This week I, um, you know, and they just start gushing. Can he handle it? Sure he can. Sure he can handle it, right? And if, if you were praying in your name, you would have to bring all that up. Right? But who, who are you praying? What name are you praying in? Praying in the name of Jesus. He knows. He knows. And when you pray in his name, God doesn't treat you according to what you did. He treats you according to what Jesus did. He treats you according to what Jesus has done for you, with you, because you're not coming in on your own righteousness. You're coming in on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You're coming in. That great exchange has taken place where Jesus has said, I will, I will give you a new life. I will take the life that you've lived, and I will give you the great exchange, Spurgeon called it, the great exchange, right? One life for another, heart of stone for a heart of flesh. A heart that can be moldable and malleable to, 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 to do what God has for us to do upon this earth. So, so you also, this, by the way, this will enact you to pray with boldness like never before.
Why? Because you're praying in the name of Jesus. Right? You're not walking into that office on your own accord, on your own merit. Right? By your own resume. Who, how are you coming in? We walked. Uh, dude, li- listen to me. I, anytime I was around the school, you know what I wanted to do? Go to the president's office. Even if my buddy wasn't with me. Why? I knew his name. It didn't work the same. How many of you know that? Didn't quite work the same. The guy was gracious, but it didn't work the same. Number two in your notes. So pray in Jesus' name. Number two, when you pray, remain. You've got to remain. John 15, verse 4, remain in me. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you, what? Remain in me. You can't do anything unless you abide in me. Abide is, the, is the, another translation that's the, the word for remain there. <clears throat> so listen, I, I pray in Jesus' name, right? I believe, I receive it, but now I've got to wait for the answer, right? A few years ago, I was going to buy a new compound bow. I, I, I bow hunt, and every few years, I need to change stuff out. So I, I found a bow that I really wanted, and I found it at a price that I really liked. And so, so I, I called this guy, and I ordered it. And, and immediately, um, the guys I bow hunt with, they were asking me, they were like, so, so what are you going to get? I'm like, listen, I ordered, I ordered the bow. You know what I mean? The one. The bow, and they're like, "Well, tell us about. It. Well, it, it shoots like this. It, it's, it I mean, it just you, you pull back, and just, just the way it holds, and just the way it ain't the whole thing. It just it shoots better than any other bow I've ever had. It, it's beautiful, right? It's lightweight, so you're not carrying a big old anchor around. It's just it's awesome. They're like, "When did you get it?" I say, "In about a month." And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Listen to me. That's prayer. That's prayer. We believe, come on, for what we're going to receive. You wouldn't pray this. If you were already received it, you wouldn't need to be praying about it. And y'all are quiet this morning. I hope you're with me. Right? So we pray in Jesus' name. I believe, but now I've got to what? Now I've got to wait for the answer. I've got to wait for it. So what do I do while I'm waiting on the answer of prayer? What do I do there? I remain. I remain steadfast in that I choose to believe what he has already spoken. Uh, what, what do you do when I'm waiting on the breakthrough? I hold on like never before. I hold on. I remain, right? Because prayer, listen, in your notes, write this down. Prayer is more about the relationship being built than the answer received. Prayer is more about the relationship built than the answer received. So I'm building, I'm waiting for answers, but I'm building relationship. Yes? Right? And something very deep happens in the, to the root system of my heart when I pray. I'm remaining in Christ. So, yes, I believe that the breakthrough is coming. We believe that, that we're about to see miracles. We, we believe in those things. Yes, but, but in moments of waiting, what do we do? We remain. We st- and, and by the way, 
the world around us cannot understand that. That is complete crazy to them. Right? Like, why would you just wait? Because that's what God has encouraged us to do. Right? We're waiting, but we're not waiting passively. We're waiting actively. Come on, everybody. There's different between passive and active waiting. You know this to be the case. Moms, somebody's coming over to your house, and it's like the clock's ticking away, and, wh and what are you doing? You're trying to get the house prepped and ready to receive guests, and you got people on the couch vegging out. Smile at me. You know who you are. And at first, you drop some hints, right? right? There's, some, there's some shoes in there that need to be picked up. It would look good if that counter was kind of cleaned with, you know, the clutter kind of taken care of. But no, no direct. And then it gets direct. How many of you, come on, mamas. You got to get direct at some point in the game. If not, you're the only one that's going to be remaining. They're going to remain on the couch. You can be actively waiting for what is to come. I think it's very important that we differentiate between the two because, because we need to be actively remaining in Jesus, right? We're waiting on the coming of Christ, the second return of Christ. We're waiting on that to happen. But we don't hole up in a, convent, a convent, right, just waiting. We're just going to sit here in the corner and hum to ourselves, waiting on Jesus' return, right? No, 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 there's people going to hell, and we need to help them. Right? We've got, we've got, we, we've been given the duty, the task, and the incredible privilege to share Jesus with the world. We should be doing that. Come on, church. Amen? Okay. So, in your notes, write this down. Because prayer changes things, but most importantly, prayer changes me. Why do we wait? Why do we remain? Because prayer changes things, certainly, but most of all, it changes me. I'm different when I pray, right? I'm different when I pray. Most people pray only when it's a 911 kind of emergency. And listen to me, please don't misunderstand. God loves 911 prayers. He loves running to our rescue. He, 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 he's, he's okay with that, but, but nothing's going to, very little's going to change in you if that's how you call out to God. Because because it's a, remember, it's a relationship that we're living with him, right? If, we're, if the prayer is more about the relationship than the answer, are you with me? Let's just put this in, in, in terms we can understand. If you needed to dial 911 because you had an emergency, you're thankful that those men and women show up when they do, aren't you? Super thankful, right? And, and by the way, anytime you see... Any of those people in our city, you should really thank them, anywhere you are, really. But thank them for doing a, a, an incredible service. Because regardless of pay, listen to me, they are called whenever and however to run to other people's need. And I don't know if you've ever done that, but that's work. That's, it's, it's taxing upon your, every part of who you are. Emotionally, physically, everything. It's very, very, very difficult to just continually be in waiting to jump to the point of need. Come on, everybody. But when you, when you call them, you receive care for them, but are y'all going to have coffee next week? Talk about it. Probably not. Why? Because there's no, not a relationship there. Right? 
So there's a, there's a one-time service, but that's not what we're after with God, is it? We need an ongoing relationship. That's why it's more, prayer's more about the relationship than the answer of the prayer even being established and us receiving. See, prayer changes things, but mostly it changes who we are, right? Mostly it changes that. Then look what God says when, when you pray, John 15, 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message that I have given you, right? You've heard God of God pruning, right? God prunes us, right? God's, God's pruned us, um, um, chastising, God's, God's disciplining us, yes? In, in Hebrews 12, we don't like to talk about those verses because... Um, we just don't. <laughs> it, it's difficult. Nobody wants to hear about God disciplining us, but he does because the scripture says he disciplines those he loves. Just like every good parent disciplines the children that they love, right? You can know the children in a family that the parents hate. They don't even care what they do. Listen close. Let me say it again. You can know the children in the, in the family that the parents hate because the parents, they don't even care what they do. Now, as a kid, as a student, as a teenager, you know what I often pray? I just wish they didn't care. I could do anything I wanted. But the reality is the opposite. Right? Right? Coaching, when I was an athlete in, under coaches, what would happen? I, I, I loved be, being yelled at. I loved being called out. I loved, why? Because I was receiving instruction. I got super nervous when they never called me, when they never said anything about me. Right? Right? When I was coaching, I, I would tell the players, listen, if, my, if your name isn't coming out of my mouth pretty regular, you better come talk to me. Because probably it's because you, you are fading onto third string. Quickly. You with me? Third string doesn't need a lot of attention. Can we be honest? Right, they they got a jersey. This isn't this isn't children's athletics anymore, where everybody gets a participation trophy and all the parents are clapping. No, no, no. Play or get off. Do the work, get better, or find your spot with popcorn in the stands. Come on, everybody. Hello, this is true. It's not popular. Absolutely true. In John 15, it says, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. How does God prune us? He, does he say you've been pruned? Does, does the Bible say you're going to be pruned with cancer? No, that'd be cruel, wouldn't it? You're pruned and purified when you have that traffic accident. No, not it at all. Well, and I've heard people say this, you know, the Lord's just teaching me to trust him. God caused my, heart, my, my house to burn down. I guess he's just teaching me to trust him. Um, there's nothing that could be further than the truth. Well, God's just pruning me. He's pruning and purifying my life by poverty. No, if poverty made people holy, there wouldn't be violence where there is poverty. And I can tell you, and you, 
the stats are very clear. Anywhere there's poverty, the, the crime is abundant. Right? Jesus does not purify or prune through destruction or sickness or disease or tragedy. All that is crazy. Listen to me. All of that comes from the devil. All of it comes from the devil. The Bible says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy, actually. To steal, kill, and destroy, right? So that means that if you're going through hell, listen, it came from hell. It didn't come from heaven. God has never stricken anyone with an illness. Sin entering the world caused illness to be existent in the world. Adam and Eve would have, Adam and Eve would have lived forever in the Garden of Eden had there not been sin. No sickness, no disease. And naked. This is living now, right? I don't know. I, I, I still think, I mean, yeah, clothes would be better. Some clothing. Come on, everybody. Come on. I just, y'all were quiet. Now you're thinking. Okay? Listen, if you're in a fight right now, you can know that it's not from God. It's an attack of the enemy against you. So if you're struggling, you can know, you can run to God because you know that that wasn't God that put it on you. Listen to me. If you believe that God started the battle that you're in, you'll never run to him. And why would you? Why would you go to the one who brought this, this moment into your life? That's That's silly. We, we, we know better because, because sometimes people have pain. They think it's from God. And Jesus said that I've come to give you life and life abundantly. You can know, who the, you can know what God comes to bring. You know what he's brought. And by the way, if, you've, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you never want to be purified or pruned, there's an easy solution. Okay? Never read the Bible and never pray. Okay? And he won't prune you. And purify you. Because he does it through conversation. If you don't want to change, he's, he's, he's gracious enough to leave you like you are. I think that's horrible, personally. But I think it's the heart of God that he, he loves us enough to we make the decision for ourselves. God prunes by his conversations with us, not by tragedy in us. So I remain in him, knowing that any attack on my life that has been sent, it's been sent from hell itself. And here's the best part. God has a plan to deliver me out of it, and I'm going to pray my way out of it in Jesus' name. Amen? In the name of Jesus. Number three. Wrap up right here. Number three. When you pray... Declare the promise. Declare the promise. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. If you believe you've received it, you will have it. 
if you believe you received it, you will have it. So, so this is the, back to the story of my bow, right? The, I order this bow. I'm like, then I'm like waiting, and I, I don't. But I'm telling everybody, it's awesome. It's the best looking bow I've ever had. It's the best shooting bow I've ever. When are you gonna get it? In a month. Well, how do you? Know? It's by faith. It's by trust, right? It's by declaring the things that are not as though they are. We can't, we can't do, Jesus can do that. God can do that. We just have trust in the one that can do that. We have trust in him. That's how prayer is. So you receive it in your heart before you receive it in your hands. You receive it in your heart before it's in your hands. Does that make sense? But if you believed that you have received it, it says, I want you to know the answer. The, the answer, listen, the answer to your prayer is on its way. If you've chosen to believe, to receive it, you've got to choose to believe that God is able. You've got to choose to believe that he wants to, to, to benefit you, to bless you in that way. And then you choose to receive that God is giving it to you even now because he loves you. Because he's a good father to you. Because he wants to pour that out. So the answer to prayer is on its way. Listen, some of you, the job that you've been believing for is on its way. The healing that you desire is on its way. The relationship being mended is on its way. Is on, now we got to be actively Right? Waiting, right? Actively waiting to receive what God has to deliver to us to enact upon it, to walk it out. First John 5 says, ask anything according to his will, and he hears us. He hears us. Well, how do I know it's his will? It, his word is his will. His word is his will. If you want to know the will of God, read the word of God. Every time his word is declared, it's the will of God being established. We don't declare what we feel. We declare what God has spoken. We declare what God has said. Joel chapter 3 says, let, let the weak say I am strong. Let the, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich, right? Now this is how you pray. How do we pray? We pray in Jesus' name. We declare his name. We remain in him. And we what? We declare the promise that God has spoken over our lives. Stand to your feet all over this room. The atmosphere of prayer. Let me, let me say this in, in conclusion. And then I want us to pray. You can tell God how you feel, right? You can tell God how you feel. He's not offended. He's not offended on how you feel. But I would say this. Make sure that the tone of your prayer is not just complaining. Make sure that it's not just, I have friends who there are times I, I, I need to complain to. Are you with me? I mean, you, Occasionally you just need to get some stuff off your chest, vent a little. Anybody but me? Right? Of course. We all, we all those people. But at some point in that conversation, it needs to turn. Yes? 
Listen, in prayer, God can handle all, all of what you need to vent. But then at some point, we need to say, but God, I choose to trust in you. God, I choose to receive what you have waiting for me there. I choose to receive it right now into my life. God, I choose to receive the healing. Someday in heaven, no sickness, no disease. God, bring that into the the existence of my life right now. I receive that in Jesus' name. Relationships will be restored, yes? God, I need relationships restored right now in your name, in my life. I choose to believe. I choose to receive it. How am I going to actively wait? By not, first of all, not doing further damage to the relationship. That's our responsibility. Secondly, what do we do? We walk out the character and nature of Jesus. We lovingly respond. Well, what if they're wrong and you're right? Jesus was right. And he lovingly responded to all the wrong that we have done. He owned it, right? He owned it. You know, one of the best things that you can do in any relationship is own all the failure in the relationship. Hello? Now, you're not going to wear it around as a badge. What are you going to do with that? You know what? I take responsibility for that, and I choose to never again walk that out. I choose today to remove that from between us and walk in harmony together. Remaining active, knowing that we can have what Jesus has for us, which is redemption and blessing. Come on, everybody. And we walk out a brand new day. We live by faith, not by sight. What are we saying? By faith I believe. By faith I receive. God, I know what you have for me. I know this today. Today I'm in a battle. God, this, how, how am I going to fight my battles? I'm going to choose to trust him. By faith. I'm going to trust him. By faith, right? Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. You got kids not serving God? Trust in that verse. Claim it. Hold on to it. For anyone sick, Isaiah 53, 5, for he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds, we are healed. It's not we might be. We are healed. I thank God for this. So we we tell, we're in our sickness. God, I thank God. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the for the, for the healing that you provided to me by sending your son, Jesus, to the cross on my behalf. Changes everything. Changes everything. For everyone who needs a financial breakthrough, Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet what? He will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory, right? In Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, for supplying all of my needs. Now, actively, I'm going to go, go to work, right? I'm not going to be a 40-year-old Xbox genius. The master of the toaster oven and warming up food. What am I going to do? I'm going to spend my life engaging in the process and being a blessing to myself and the people around me. I'm going to trust in what God has spoken. For what he's spoken, I claim to walk in. By faith, we believe By faith we receive. How do we pray in Jesus' name?
Amen. Some of you right now, you have needs in your life. There's needs across this congregation, right? There's things that you're walking through, things that you're dealing with. How many of you right now would say, I'm going to choose right now to trust in Jesus for, for, for the healing of those people in my life, for the redemption, God, of those who, who are away from you, and for the, just for the, the healing of the ordeal in the battle that is happening. Raise your hands all over this room, all over the room, all over the room. Now listen, what, 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 what did we say early in this? Your prayer is voice, your mountain is voice activated. Yes? By your voice. The voices of the people around you, so important. Position yourself where other people will in faith believe and trust like you do and carry you through and pray with you, but your voice needs to be loud. Come on, church. So right now, all over this church, I want you to pray. Tomorrow night, 5.30, we're going to have a time of prayer. Listen, it's going to be 30 minutes long. And you know what we're going to pray about? The needs that you have. And you're going to pray for your need, but we're going to gather together. We're going to have, we're going to have worship music playing. We're going to gather. We're going to have a, a time of prayer. It's going to be short, but I want you to come. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Raise your hand, all of you again. Those of you that were, were said, you know what, there's, there's, there's a need in my life. There's somebody that I know. I want to go to God on their behalf, and I'm going to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for your heart for us. Is a heart to meet our needs. God, we believe in you. We trust in you. We follow you. Therefore, Lord God, we can come to you knowing that you will meet the need that we have. There's needs all over this room, Jesus. And I just pray right now that you would meet the needs of people crying out to you. People's hearts are broken. People's, people's faith is a little bit questionable. But right now, we're acting in faith, holding on to what you have spoken, for what you have spoken will come to pass. And we trust in you. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.